The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Engaging Truth, the manifestation of God's Word in the lives of people around us. Join us each week as we explore the impact of His message of spiritual renewal, from the lesson of forgiveness forged in the crucible of divorce, to the message of salvation learned by an executioner from a condemned killer, to the gift of freedom found in the rescue of victims of human trafficking. This is God's Truth in Action. Welcome to Engaging Truth. I'm your host, Matt Popovitz, and with me on the program today is Pastor Chris Kennedy. He's the pastor of Shepherd of the Hills Lutheran Church in San Antonio, Texas, and he's the author of a brand new book entitled Equipped, The Armor of God for Everyday Struggles. Pastor Chris, welcome to Engaging Truth. Pastor Matt, thank you for having me. I'm honored to be your guest. Oh, well, we're excited to have you. Um, you've written this new book, and uh, like I said, the title is called Equipped, The Armor of God for Everyday Struggles. Uh, so l- let's just pretend that our listener is not familiar with some of this church or New Testament terminology uh, that you mentioned in the title of the book. So l- let's just assume that. And with, with that assumption in tow, I'm going to ask you a question. What in the world is the armor of God? Well, that's a great question. I'm glad you asked it, and we're not assuming more than we should. So there's a wonderful passage in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6, and it speaks of the armor of God. And it's really a way of teaching about how our faith helps us in the struggle against evil. And we believe in uh, a, a personal force, the devil or Satan, who is working against us and working against God's purposes. And so St. Paul in a creative way, he takes different pieces of armor and links them to facets of the faith, whether it's uh, faith or hope or truth, whatever it might be. And in that way, he's communicating to his original readers and to us that God gives us what we need for our daily battles. So let, let me back up a little bit and, and touch on something you said right at the beginning, which is that we believe that there's we being Christians believe that there's evil in this world and that there is a there's evil personified in the terms of of, of the devil. Um, th- does that mean that that people of faith believe that they are actually fighting a battle every day with forces that they they can't see? Like we like people believe that. Some people do, and I see the Bible teaching us that. Now, there's a lot of different interpretations about evil and how it works and. If there is a devil, I know there's a lot of different understandings of that, but the way I read the scripture and, and the way that uh, I've been taught to read the scripture is that that's a very real fact. A lot of times we're blind to that fact. Uh, maybe we're occupied with other things or we're so consumed with what we can see, what we can feel, that we may not be aware that there are deeper forces at work. But the Bible speaks in many places, not just in Ephesians 6, but elsewhere that there are forces that we can't see that are at work, just as we can't see God. We also can't see the opposing forces. They're not equal and opposite to God, but there are also unseen factors at work. And so uh, from a reading of Scripture, you know, I see the Bible teaching us that very clearly, that there is a spiritual war going on, and we're right in the middle of it. So, so what's some of the evidence of this uh, of this? this battle that's going on that we're right in the middle of. Uh, and, and in other words, how do, how do these opposing forces to God uh, mess with us? How do they mess with us? That's a great question. 
some might see it as a mental battle, but I see it more spiritual than mental, although the, the mental is a part of it. Uh, the devil and his forces, their goal is ultimately to pull us away from God. Uh, it's spiritual warfare, so uh, the goal is to, to crush your spirit, to lead you into despair. And so a lot of it has to do with the, the thoughts and the way that that affects our faith. So, you know, you didn't just have a bad day. No, you had a bad day and it's all your fault mm-hmm. and you're worthless and God is not on your side and those kinds of things. So it's it's believing lies and, and those lies pulling us down into a really dark place. I mean, it sounds similar to what's described in the book of Genesis and the, the, the earliest parts of the Bible where 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 Satan is actively trying to convince Adam and Eve that God is not good and doesn't have their best interest in mind and that they can't trust him and that they should kind of follow their own instincts and follow his, uh, uh, believe his lies, right? Is that, am I onto something there? Uh, it's, it's one and the same ancient foe. Yeah, he was the one who was causing mischief in the Garden of Eden and he's still up to his old ways. Book of Revelation says his time is short, so he doesn't get to do this forever, but he's been doing it a very long time and he's... Uh, quite skilled at what he does. So then what the book of Ephesians tells us and what your book, um, I'm sorry, what, what your book highlights is that, um, is that there is a, a way in which God protects us from this battle, right? Absolutely. That's the kind of God we have. He doesn't just leave us on our own to fend for ourselves. That's really the, the beauty of the Easter message that we just celebrated uh, that that God steps in for us. He stepped in by giving his son in place for us and that through his son and through faith in Jesus, God gives to us everything that we need for the spiritual battle. He loves us so much. He doesn't just leave us on our own, but he intervenes and he supports us in all of our struggles. So, so what are some of the things that uh, Ephesians chapter six talks about in terms of how God equips us for this this unseen but very real battle that we face every day? Sure. Well, Ephesians 6 walks through the different pieces of the armor of God, and so it links different pieces of armor to things like truth, um, which would be the counter to some of the lies or the distortions that we may believe. It talks about righteousness, which is a very deep concept of our standing before God and really our worth. It uh, talks about peace, and uh, we know the opposite of that. We know anxiety. We know stress. And so God gives to us his gift of peace. Ephesians 6 talks about faith, being able to trust in someone who is stronger than we are and who resources us. Uh, talks about salvation, and really everything's based on our salvation. The fact that Jesus died for us and he rose again, we have every reason in the world to believe that God's not going to let us down, but he's going to help us in our struggles. And then also Ephesians 6 talks about uh, the sword of the spirit, which means we're not just going to sit back and take blows, but we're going to strike back with the word of God and counter the lies and the deceptions with the truth. And then uh, it really rounds out in Ephesians 6 by talking about prayer, uh, that prayer is a weapon that God gives to us to help us to persevere in our struggles. When we pray, we persevere. And as we persevere, we keep on praying for ourselves 
and for others. And so Ephesians 6, in a very creative and dynamic way, gives us all of these different beauties of the Christian faith. And it's a very encouraging passage as it lays all that out for us. Tell me more about prayer as a, as a weapon in and of itself. Um, that, that, that's a kind of a fascinating idea to me. And I imagine to some of our listeners, they've never thought of prayer in that, in that way. Uh, tell me more about that. Yeah, you know, I've been drawn recently to a passage in Second uh, Corinthians, I believe it's Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, where it, it talks about uh, how we're engaged in a spiritual war and therefore we fight with spiritual weapons. And so the, the weapon has to match up to the attack. We're not being attacked physically so much in spiritual warfare as it is spiritually in ways we can't see. And prayer is where we are at work in that unseen realm. Um, one of the best ways to pray is to pray scripture, to, to pray God's thoughts back to him. And so you're mm-hmm. taking the word of God. And uh, when our prayers align with scripture, then we're simply reflecting truth back to God. And so there we are spiritually wrestling with God on our side. And uh, there's power in prayer. And why is there power in prayer? Because the one who hears our prayers and receives them is powerful. And so prayer is really very much a way to access the all-powerful God, to reach out to him and to invite his strength into our lives. Because the scriptures promise that you know when we call out to God through faith in Jesus Christ, God the Father through God through faith in Jesus Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit, that even if our, our prayers might seem you know simple or um, you know uneloquent to us, mm-hmm. that, that God always promises to answer and respond to those prayers, right? Yeah, absolutely. I was doing some reading on prayer recently in Martin Luther's large catechism, and he talks about prayer as a response to God's command. So God tells us to pray. We pray in obedience to him. And it's also a response to God's promises. Hmm. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you. You will honor me. So there's a promise of deliverance when we call out to God. And, And so we respond to his command. We respond to his promises. And we entrust the results to God. So when we talk about the the armor of God that's listed in Ephesians chapter six, mm-hmm. there are things like the the helmet, the the the, the breastplate, the, the sword. Is there one that that is a favorite of yours, and why? Oh, what a great question! <laughs> you know, I said in the book that uh, all Texans should be drawn to the belt of truth because we like our big belt buckles, so we should all appreciate that one. Uh, it's kind of, I guess it's like picking your favorite kid. How do you pick a favorite piece of the armor? Of right, God? right, right. But I mean, I'll start at the top. I think the belt of truth is really foundational because uh, the devil's chief tactic is deception, twisting the truth, introducing mm-hmm. lies to our minds. And so that one to me is just a great one to start with, really foundational. Um, also, I want to mention as well in talking about the belt of truth, one of the things I learned in studying up on that one is that I expected for there to be more passages that talk about the devil's deceit. But in fact, what I found was the Bible talks more about self-deceit. And that was just really eye-opening to me that, uh, the, that the human heart is deceitful and darkened in itself. And so that just uh, helped me in my own self-awareness. To say, you know, I've, I've really got to look to Scripture for truth. I can't always rely on myself 
uh, apart from what the Bible is saying. And so the belt of truth for me uh, was just a really great starting place, and I can see why it was put first in the list in Ephesians 6. So, you know, we get the sense if you if you read through Ephesians 6 that, you know, God, God gives us these gifts. He, he, he puts this armor on us, right? If, if we are his, his baptized believing children, this, this armor is ours, right? We don't have to go find it and, and earn it. And uh, like, like in the video games, like my, my son likes to play video games, and the more you fight, the better armor you get, right? Okay. But you start with nothing. Yeah. This is not like that. Like, like we, like as his baptized children, we, we enter the game fully equipped, fully protected. And yet there is an active aspect to it, right? Like, you know, um, you, you have armor on you because you're in, you're, you're going to actively engage in something, right? Um, so as much as it's passive, it's given to you, this armor, this protection, it's also active. You're meant to kind of wield it, use it, right? All that said, talk about the, we're talking about the belt of truth. How does one make use of proper use in this battle of the truth so that it's protecting you and upholding you and, and keeping you, uh, keeping you uh, walking in step with God's will and God's ways and in his promises. Great question. How do we, how do we use the armor? How do we uh, build up our spiritual muscles might be another way to think about it. Uh, very practical question. I would say on a couple levels there, one is to be familiar with the truths of what the scripture says about different topics. But ultimately, uh, one thing that I found is just having a good understanding of who you are and your own identity, because I feel that that's where a lot of times the devil will seek to hurt us the most is in our own identities, whether it's puffing us up with pride or weighing us down with guilt. So knowing who you are, and I think about the baptism of Jesus when the voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. And then right after that is when Jesus went into the wilderness and he was tempted by Satan. So as God's son, he was armed with that foundational truth of, you know, this is, this is the beloved of God. And then that truth was arming him for each of those individual temptations that he was facing. And so who you are in Christ, uh, being able to establish that for ourselves, I, I feel like that's, that's the baseline. And then from that, we seek to grow in our knowledge of Scripture and what God said is real and true. Yeah, because if I, if I know whose I am, so to speak, that, that then, and, and, and the one that I belong to is God himself, who yeah. loves me and can protect me. If I know whose I am, then I can... I can stand pretty confidently in, in just about any scenario. It doesn't mean I, I won't have, you know, you know, fear or anxiety, um, that I'll be, you know, completely peaceful, but, but I can have some semblance of peace no matter where I am, so long as I know whose I am, right? Amen. Absolutely. And I think part of what's happening in Ephesians 6, you correct me if I'm wrong, you, you're the one who, who wrote the book about the book, but part of what's going on in Ephesians 6 is, is Paul reminding the hearer of who you are by describing us as as decorated in this armor, right? I mean, we, we are the ones who have the truth. We are the ones who are righteous. We are the ones who have salvation. We are the ones um, who, who have peace. We, 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 this is who we are. He's, as much as he's telling you how to be protected, he's telling you that you are protected because of the one who's wrapped you in this armor. Or am I reading too much into it? 
Well, I just want to say amen to everything you're saying. <laughs> oh, so, oh, so I'm on a good track. Good. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so it's, a, it's about as much just rem- in, in, in some sense remembering that you are protected in this and choosing to see the, the armor that's wrapped around you and the one who, who, who's, um, who's leading the charge of your team versus solely the, the attacks that are coming your way, right? Absolutely. Yeah, we don't want to be blind to these realities. We don't want to be blind to who our enemy is. We want to hmm. know that. Uh, I believe it was C.S. Lewis who said, you know, you can err in one of two directions. You can either think too much about the devil or too little about him. So you can obsess over him or you can be oblivious and then be open to his attacks. So that's one side of things. But we also want to be aware of who our defender is, who our shield is. Um, You know, God promised Abraham, I am your shield. Uh, God is the one who who is our armor and wraps the armor around us and um, you know, as David declared in his battle against Goliath, the battle belongs to the Lord. It's really his battle, and it's, it's Christ in us and working through us that helps us to, to fight those battles. So uh, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. So what's the word of, of, of comfort to someone who is listening right now and who is just feeling attacked on all sides, uh, is feeling beat down, uh, depressed, his feeling like, man, the, you're right, Pastor. The battle is real, and I'm taking all the bullets, and I'm just, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling utterly tattered and torn by this fight that's going on. What, what's the word of hope to that person? Well, the word of hope, first of all, is that uh, I think you're speaking about it in a way that matches with Scripture. You're not just saying life is rough. You're saying I'm in a battle. So you're already aware of that. I think that's the first step is understanding the true nature of the problem and then um, to remember that you're not alone to hang in there to persevere to never give up I really think we have to have that fighting mentality I think the fighting mentality can be a little foreign to us as Christians because you know Jesus said blessed are the peacemakers and so we may think that we're supposed to be peaceful and gentle at all times and that's true when it comes to dealing with other people but when you're dealing with the enemy of your soul, it's also time to develop a fighting spirit and, uh, you know, not not to adopt a posture of, of weakness or a victim mentality. Yes, life is hard. Uh, absolutely, it's hard. But you have the God of the universe on your side and he equips you and he emboldens you and and you can make it through this. You will make it through this with the Lord's help. I would certainly say that. Uh, without even knowing your circumstances specifically, I know that if God is on your side, if you have faith in Jesus, you're going to persevere in one way or another. Because I know God, and I know he doesn't just leave his children hanging. He doesn't leave us defenseless. He comes yeah. to our aid. He always has, and he always will be. And in the book of Revelations, we see who wins. God wins. Yeah. He wins in your life. And so I, the reason why I have confidence for you, listener, is because I have confidence in God. And I know this God. He's the one who sent his son and raised his son from the dead. Yeah, speaking of raising his son from the dead, that's what you know, Easter speaks a lot to the despair that, that, that you know, certain people might be feeling right now. Because Easter is a glimpse of the end. 
right? I mean, it, it's the decisive victory in the middle of the battle, and it's a glimpse of the end of the battle, right? Like, because Jesus Christ is crucified and risen, that's the decisive victory. Like, we, we, we know the winner now. It's like D-Day. Once D-Day was over, everybody knew the winner, right? Even though it took a couple years for the war, World War II, to actually formally end, everybody knew how it was going to go once, once D-Day was done, right? And, and with Easter now having happened, the decisive battles fought and won. Jesus Christ is victorious over sin, death, and the devil, for us on our behalf. And then a day is coming down the road where that victory is actualized in every possible way for us. Um, and so Easter tells us that uh, the, 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 end is, the end is written and it's good for, for those who have faith in Jesus Christ, even if you feel like you're on the ground getting kicked by the bad guy right now. Absolutely. I could not agree more. And uh, I really appreciate you bringing in the relevance of Easter to all of that, because that's really what it comes down to is the victory of Christ. So, you know, you and I, we don't have to win the victory over the devil because that's already happened. Jesus is the victor. Our job is to resist, not to defeat, because mm. the defeat's already in the hands of our Lord. And so we can definitely take comfort in that and, and, and see how Easter is really at the center of all of this. Yeah, that's a great distinction. That's really helpful. Our, our task is to resist evil. Jesus Christ has already defeated it. Yes. You know, and, and then he will give us strength to persevere in resisting evil and, and its temptations, including the temptation to have no hope, including the temptation to feel like you know, to buy the lies that the enemy still tries to sell us because he's so he's so insistent on that. Right. That is the temptation, absolutely, to, to buy into the lies or to have no hope. Um, we have the truth of God's word, and we have hope that goes on forever and ever. As long as Jesus is alive, hope is alive, and Jesus is alive. That's great. That you got to tweet that. That's a good one. That, that, <laughs> that, 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 that really works. As long as Jesus is alive, hope is alive, and guess what? Jesus is alive. Absolutely. That's great. So, so Pastor Chris, where can people go to to pick up this book and to, and to read it and to learn more uh, about the uh, the armor of God? Well, you can always drive to San Antonio, and I'd be happy to give you a copy at Shepherd of the Hills. But you also that's can great. go online, uh, cph.org. That's Concordia Publishing House. So cph.org, and then Amazon.com as well. And uh, you can probably just key in uh, equipped and my last name Kennedy and it'll pop up pretty quickly um, so I'd love for people to check it out and uh, if you like it uh, write a review that's always really helpful or tell somebody else about it but uh, yeah I would love for you to get a hold of it and hopefully be blessed by it that's great so amazon.com cph.org mm -hmm. and the name of the book is equipped the armor of God for everyday struggles and the author is Pastor Chris Kennedy of Shepherd of the Hills Lutheran Church in San Antonio, Texas. Pastor Chris, it's been, it's been great to talk with you about this, and uh, thanks for being on the show today. Hey, Pastor Matt. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a great conversation. Uh, the time has flown. Thank you so much for including me today, and, and blessings to you and all who serve with you on your radio program. Hey, thank you so much. You're right. The, t the time does go by fast, especially when you're talking about Really great things like this, uh, the truth that God equips us for the battle we find ourselves in. And not only does he equip us, he's already fought it and won it. 
Our task is simply to endure by the strength of his spirit. Listener, thanks for, uh, for tuning in with us. Thanks for your time and your attention here on Engaging Truth. We hope you'll join us next time. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 77410, or visit our website at elmhouston.org, or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you.